The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. I am said Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is one Mr. Josh Finelli. And we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, and we appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. So uh, I'm going to be pr- consistent about this until Mount Bachelor does something. I, don't, I know they don't probably care, but uh, why is it that you have a new chairlift that works like 50% of the time and doesn't really ever work on the weekends? Uh, why do you have a lift that goes to the summit if that lift's never going <laughs> to be open? Um, and I only bring this up because... Uh, I, I started skiing when I was a couple years old or less, and I've skied a lot of places all over the world, and I've never been to a, a mountain anywhere in the world that has, has many mechanical problems as Mount Bachelor. And so what I'm saying is that they're not, they don't exist uh, to the extent that Mount Bachelor tells everybody they, they do. And so they've, it, to me, it's very frustrating that they take advantage it of is. the locals to the extent that they do, and, and it doesn't seem to... It's January 27th, and, Sun, and Summit and Northwest have not been opened once. And, you know, obviously, what? this is a great example of why competition is so important. Mount Bachelor yes. doesn't have competition, right? So they can do what they want, and nobody can really do anything about it. If Mount Bachelor existed in the state of Colorado, they would be out of business because nobody would go there. And you need to bulldoze the forest and build a new mountain on South Sister. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. That's the, oh, that's the play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call. Eight seven. I sorry. My point is, Mount Pastor, can you please get it together? Uh, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call. Eight seven seven six seven zero seven one one seven. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. It's quite interesting. How optimistic. How it feels, though, and this is one of those contrarian things possibly, but it feels very much rainbows and butterflies, rainbow unicorns and butterflies, in not only in the, in the capital markets, but also in the U.S. economy. And so it'll be, I, I know there's one guy in Washington, D.C. is very happy about the economic data that continues to come out, um, but we'll see how long it lasts. Uh, U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were a little bit up, up, up last week, a little bit more than a percent. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks certainly had a good week. They were up a little bit over 2%, depending on what index you looked at. And the international markets, international developed market stocks, so think Japan uh, and Europe, Western Europe, uh, were up 1.5%. In the emerging markets, those stocks traded up 1.3%. So international outperformed U.S. last week, not dramatically, uh, but most of the, mostly risk assets traded higher. Uh, in the bond market, we saw an interesting thing, um, the, the aggregate bond index, so if you think of the sort of broad market index for the bond market, which we call the ag, uh, was mostly unchanged, um, but we saw uh, the interest, the yield curve steepen a little bit more last week. Uh, in in six-month treasury yields, we see a yield of five and quarter percent, a one year 4.79 percent, 10 years 4.15 and a 30 year is essentially 4.4 percent. So it's going to be interesting to see as the first quarter continues to move forward and we continue to get economic data and uh, we get language from the Federal Reserve. What happens with the yield curve? My guess, and this is certainly a guess, uh, is that the yield curve will continue to normalize and or steepen in the rest of 2024. I don't know what Mr. Finelli thinks about it, but it sure looks like that's going to be the play is the steepening of the yield curve. I think we're get, uh, getting what we talked about last week, which was a little bit of uh, rising yields on the long end uh, in conjunction with declining yields on the front end, which is exactly what we want to see uh, as opposed to, you know, sort of that 
immediate and drastic cutting uh, on inverting the curve. Well, which... we were getting like barbell effect where like yep. the, each end was going up and the middle was staying put. Uh, gold was mostly unchanged, $2,016 an ounce, and oil was up 6.5% last week. I don't know how I didn't notice that. I was, I was doing the data for the show, and I was like, whoa, what happened with the price of oil last week? But it traded up 6.5% last week at 78 bucks an oil, a barrel. And I don't, you know, other than the situation in the Middle East, which isn't, isn't new, I, I couldn't really figure out why the, why the price of oil shot up so much in, in five days. Uh, so the big news for the market, at least last week, was the Fed's favorite inflation gauge, which is the Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, say that five times fast, or the PCE for short. It increased by two-tenths of a percent in the month of December and was 2.9% higher uh, from a year ago. Um, and so the, that's certainly good news. The inflation data continues to move in the right direction and move towards the Federal Reserve's target of 2%. Uh, and so what does that mean? Now the Fed, I, I think, because inflation is moving in the right direction, the market is saying, okay, Mr. Federal Reserve, uh, now it's time to cut interest rates. And uh, just in my opinion, just because uh, inflation has rolled over and is moving in the right direction, that does that shouldn't be the only indicator they look at to to cut rates. When you look at the rest of the economy, going back throughout history, nothing about the U.S. economy would indicate that the Fed should be cutting rates. But we're going to talk more about that next segment. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would say one of the things you know when when I talk to people or when you ask, you see these interviews with the the layperson on the street, uh, and they talk about inflation as being such a problem. Inflation has certainly rolled over, and so the year-over-year prices increases have stopped. But the reason you all feel so like inflation is such a big deal in your life is because of how much in inflation has increased over the last two and a half years. So essentially, prices for goods and services are 25% higher than they were two and a half years ago, uh, which is a very short you period just, of time. Which is an across-the-board deduction in the standard of living. I mean, that's the reality for most people. Well, and, and so... It's why inflation, like, you know, you don't think of it as the boogeyman, but for central bankers, inflation is the boogeyman because of the effect it has in the economy. The one good news is that uh, the consumers obviously feeling really good. They're spending money. Um, the one good news is that wages right now for the last uh, eight months have been rising faster than inflation. And so uh, that hasn't happened since Bill Clinton was president. I don't know that it will persist, but because that in itself is an inflationary uh, statistic. So, like I said, the consumer is feeling really good. Consumer sentiment index is, is off the charts. Um, you know, I think w if you ask most people whether they're in the investment business or not, the economy is certainly stronger than anybody would have predicted at this point in the cycle. Uh, lastly, Josh, uh, we have a little bit ways through uh, fourth quarter earnings. What does that look like so far? About 125, comp uh, 125 companies out of the S&P 500 have reported 78% uh, beat rate, so a little bit lower than uh, we've looked at over the last week. But earnings have grown 4.9% over this quarter last year. Top line a little bit worse, 2.7%. But, uh, you know, pretty pretty buoyant earnings, really. I mean, sort of mixed here over the last couple of days, just with Intel missing uh, dramatically. But, uh, and of course, Tesla, some of the names that are talked about the most on the news have uh, been utterly destroyed on weak guidance going forward. And that's uh, what the market is sort of focusing on, not rewarding the beats as much uh, from a price appreciation standpoint as you would normally see, because guidance is what matters, of course. Uh, and guidance has been pretty mixed relative to each industry. But overall, really good earnings season so far. Stocks need great earnings to grow into the valuations they're at. Yeah, I was going to say that the reason I think the challenge for stock prices to go materially higher is that the expectations are already built into stock prices. Yeah. And so, like you said, earnings have to continue to grow um, because we have higher interest rates. Higher interest rates historically mean lower multiples. And but so it, the only way to support the higher stock prices is earnings growth. And importantly, like a theme that we touched on last week, you're sort of seeing a return to you know the co annual culling, at least in the corporate world. Uh, Google announcing layoffs this week. 
you know, the Bay Area has dealt with a pretty substantial number of layoffs so far year to date. And I think earnings growth is going to be driven by increased corporate efficiency uh, going forward as well. And not so much uh, the explosion in uh, spending that we saw during the the preceding couple of years. Yeah, payrolls at U.S. corporations are way bloated and can be cut and have no impact on the business, but certainly have an impact on earnings. All right, if you would like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that scheduled. The number here, 800-743-0988, or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the era of easy money, and it's finally over, hopefully. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Hunting for a new place to live in Bend? Want amenities like a modern kitchen, attached garage, washer-dryer? Put Alpine Meadows Townhomes on your list of places to see. Alpine Meadows Townhomes, quiet and affordable. With one, two, or three-bedroom floor plans, you'll find the space you want and call it home. Alpine Meadows Townhomes. See them online, then call for a personal showing. 541-330-0719. Conveniently located on Northeast 6th in Bend. When you think about family and home, hopefully it brings back some wonderful memories. That's what Mountain Glen Apartments are all about, making new memories for your family. When you call Mountain Glen home, you'll enjoy a modern designer kitchen with plenty of counter space and storage. Choose from one, two, or three-bedroom homes on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Mountain Glen, where memories are made. Find them online, Mountain Glen Apartments. Then call for a personal showing, 541-383-9313. Want to improve your bone health, have better balance, improved posture, and reduced joint pain? OsteoStrong of Bend could be your answer. After being diagnosed with osteoporosis at age 50, I became a member. I'm Leslie James, and I'm so proud of the accomplishments I've made. Owners Lane and Anne-Marie are driven by their members sharing stories just like mine, building bone and improving their health in so many unexpected ways. Find out what they're all about and tell them you heard this ad to get your first session free and half off your first month. Osteostrong of Bend. Driving a big rig in winter can be tough. Breaking down in the cold is worse. If you break down in the Portland area, call Ultimate Truck Service first at exit 995 Vancouver. They'll keep any diesel truck or diesel pusher road ready. Air conditioning, brakes, you name it. In an emergency, Ultimate Truck Service will come to you within 25 miles or have your tow driver take you. Call or go online. Ultimate Truck Services, they keep you rolling. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. 
Let's get back to the show. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your asset allocation, your your estate plan, your your, your uh, financial plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. Uh, so to get one of those appointments scheduled, you can do it here in the office or on the phone. Uh, if you have at least $500,000 of investable money, call the office. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always send us an email, which is what most people do, and we're totally good with that. Uh, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Um, this is a good one. There's two things I want to bring up, and this comes from uh, Bloomberg. Investors can lose money even if they invest in the best fund. So in the decade that ended uh, November 2009, so from, from 1999 to 2009, the best uh, U.S.-based fund was the CGM Focus Fund. I remember that fund. Uh, it, had, it, it returned 18.2% annually over that. So every year, 18.2%. Unbelievably great returns. Um, but sadly, the fund investors lost 11% per year over the same period. And it, the reason is because the fund was unbelievably volatile. I mean, it had gr unbelievable runs and then it had sell-offs and people would get in to the fund after it had the great run-up uh, and then it would sell off and then they'd get out. And so, you know, that's how collectively, and Morningstar has this data, you can look at you can look at the return of a mutual fund, and then you can look at the investor return, average investor in the fund's return. And the more volatile the fund, the bigger the deviation usually between the fund's return and the investor's return. The same thing happened. Uh, Peter Lynch, uh, probably the greatest mutual fund manager of all time, he ran the Magellan Fund and put Fidelity on the map. He ran that fund for 13 years and had a similar return, you know, high teen return annualized over that period. Uh, but the average investor return uh, was something like 2.5%. It was the exact same dynamic in the 2000s with the Fairholme Fund and Bruce yeah. Berkowitz. The average investor underperformed by something like 900 basis points annualized. And it's true for stocks too, right? So you know everybody talks about Apple or Amazon and you know if you had bought it at, a, at the IPA or Nike or, or, or Microsoft. But those stocks had drawdowns and a lot, a lot of drawdowns of 80-plus percent. I mean Apple – was maybe 30 days away from being insolvent before Steve Jobs came back and took the business over. And so, you know, it, it seems like it would have been easy to own Apple uh, from the IPO, but most people would have been shaken out of the stock. Uh, and same with Amazon and, and, and so forth. So, and then lastly, I, I also want to bring up that this is true of the market in general, the economy in general, or businesses in general, but stock prices are significantly more volatile than their underlying business fun fundamentals. So if you look at a, a stock's return and you see how volatile the stock price is, that volatility is a measure of what the business is worth at any given time. So you know you take uh, the amount of shares outstanding times the share price, and that gives you the market cap of the business. And so when you look at the volatility of some of these stocks or the stock market in general, the underlying business earnings aren't growing that much or declining that much, just the volatility of the, the market or the stock price is a huge magnifier of those business fundamentals. So remember, and that's why the genius of Buffett, he focuses on the fundamentals of the underlying businesses and sees where the generally over time those fundamentals are going and knows that over time the stock price will take care of itself. And so I, I've made the analogy in the past where imagine if D Josh has a very rambunctious dog, uh, it's just the breed that he has, but imagine that Josh had a, he's walking through Drake Park with a 30 foot leash and his dog is running all over the place on the leash. Uh, but Josh is just walking in a straight line. Eventually the dog is going to get to the same place Josh is. Uh, and, and so Josh is the business fundamentals. The dog is the stock price. Remember that. They get to the same place eventually. <laughs> Markets have this tendency to overshoot and to undershoot to both sides. And the reality is, is the truth is always somewhere in the middle. All right. Let's talk about market timing. And so the, the, the saying goes that the most important factor in investing, successful investing, is time in the market, not trying to time the market. So, Josh, why don't you explain what we mean by the difference between time in the market versus timing the market? Well, everyone wants to know when to invest, but knowing when to invest isn't as near as important as how long you actually stay invested. And when you're trying to navigate the peaks and valleys of market returns, 
Of course, investors naturally want to jump in at the lows and cash out at the highs, but no one can predict when those will occur. And, and since, of course, we'd all like to avoid declines, but the anxiety that keeps investors on the sidelines may save them that pain, but it may ensure they'll miss the gain. And so, you know, historically, each downturn has been followed by an eventual upswing. And although there's no guarantee that that will always happen, trying to avoid risk could itself be risky since it's impossible to know when to get back in. And that's why, you know, when we highlight the dramatic underperformance of investors relative to the funds they actually own, they tend to be willing to go to cash when they're underperforming, which is that underperformance is actually what it takes to outperform. And so they do the complete opposite of what has been definitively proven as the successful course of action. Yeah, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back at uh, market sell-offs and recessions and those kind of things, it seems like it should have been easy to see those, predict those, and make the mark, right market calls. But, it, you know, it's just not, and nobody can do it successfully over time. So if you think about on a go-forward basis, if you're going to make market timing moves, think about how hard that would be, especially in the short term, uh, to get correct. And, and the, the best thing about investing is that doing nothing – is almost always the right thing to do. And so just staying invested, if you own quality investments, is almost always the right thing to do. The rest of your life, doing something matters, right? In school, more effort matters. In sports, more effort matters. But that's not true in investing. Effort doesn't always equate to results. Uh, and, and so that's what's so hard for the human being, uh, our brain to process. In fact, like your, uh, your ability to persevere through negative markets and big drawdowns is precisely what's going to improve your chances statistically of coming out ahead over the long term. Yeah, so if you, if you don't uh, believe us, here's some statistics that sort of outline how hard it is to market time and, and why you really can't do it. And this comes from Putnam Investments. So uh, from uh, 2006 to 2021, so over a 15-year period, if you had invested $10,000 in the S&P 500, uh, over that 15-year period in the S&P, it would have grown by 10.66% annualized per year, or it would have grown to $45,682. Over that 15-year period, if you miss just 10 of the best trading days, just 10 days in a 15-year period, your return goes to 5.05% annualized or $20,000. If you miss the 20 best trading days, your return goes to 1.59%. If you just miss the 30 best trading days in a 15-year period, your return goes to a negative 1.18 per year. So again, timing the market or trying to get in and out based on what you think the market's going to do in the short term is almost impossible. Nobody can do it successfully. Professionals can't do it successfully. The doofuses on CNBC make it seem like they are doing it successfully. But if you looked at their returns, their performance relative to the S&P, they're getting beaten. And they, their response would be like, oh, our market, our, our uh, market risk-adjusted returns are better, blah, blah, blah. It's all BS. So it's time in the market. Letting the power of compounding work in your favor is the key to success. And yes, there will absolutely be scary drawdowns. But as long as you believe in the future of this country and the future of these, the businesses that exist in this country, uh, you will be fine. Betting against America and betting against the engine, the financial engine that is America, the economic engine that is America, has always been a losing bet. And we believe that will be true in the future all right if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com little box will pop up uh, put your email in, in there in there and that's the only thing we'll send you we send out our e-news in the middle and the end of every month stick around we'll be right back sign up for our e-news today get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from northwest quadrant wealth management delivered right to your inbox the short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Many names. Your place of refuge. 
your castle, your shelter from the storm. But most of us just call our house home, as in, I'm hungry, I'm going home. There's a community in Bend that offers the best of resort living. They are modern apartment homes with highly desirable amenities at Stonebriar. You want a cook's kitchen, spacious baths, and full-size washers and dryers? You'll find that at Stonebriar. It sounds like the kind of place we'd love to come home to. Stonebriar Apartments are showing now, and the extras are fantastic. Two clubhouses, fitness centers, computer labs with free internet, big screen TVs, sparkling heated pools, billiards, covered parking, and small pets are welcome. Ah, it sounds wonderful. Take a tour and see it yourself, located on Highway 20 near 27. Come home to Stonebriar. Call 541-330-5020. That's 330-5020. Driving a big rig in winter can be tough. Breaking down in the cold is worse. If you break down in the Portland area, call Ultimate Truck Service first at exit 995 Vancouver. They'll keep any diesel truck or diesel pusher road ready. Air conditioning, brakes, you name it. In an emergency, Ultimate Truck Service will come to you within 25 miles or have your tow driver take you. Call or go online. Ultimate Truck Services. They keep you rolling. For years, you've been asking, and now we're proudly introducing Severson Heating and Cooling. Severson Plumbing has expanded into the realm of heating, ventilation, and air conditioning services. Introducing Severson Heating and Cooling, where we bring the same commitment to excellence and quality service that defines our plumbing division for over four decades. Severson Heating and Cooling. Call to schedule a free estimate today. Hi, I'm Leslie James for Osteo Strong of Bend. As a member of their program since they opened over five years ago, I'm stunned with my improved bone health and the success stories of their many members. An osteoporosis diagnosis is very scary. And if you feel lost, let the amazing team at OsteoStrong take the fear out of the equation. Get stronger bones, stronger muscles, improved posture, and the reduction of joint pain for just 10 minutes per week. Mention this ad and get half off your first session and first month. OsteoStrong of Bend. Plaza Travel Plaza. Food, fuel, and fun. After a long day and you want to play, get your mind off Try our slot machines. Life's good on the plateau. Quick stop anytime. Gets you everything under the sun. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Experience a trifecta of delight at Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. And now, breakfast bingo at our three TP's restaurant on select Wednesdays. Fill up with budget-friendly fuel, shop for local treasures and travel essentials, and elevate your excitement with 40 thrilling slot machines in our game room. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. And now, breakfast bingo. It's all here at Plateau Travel Plaza. Life's good on the Plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Heart disease is the number one cause of death among older adults. But here at Prestige Senior Living High Desert, we take the health and wellness of our residents to heart. We're offering a free guide on heart health for older adults on our website at PrestigeCanHelp.com. It includes information on common heart health risks and tips on how nutrition, fitness, sleep, and stress management can promote a healthy heart. Visit PrestigeCanHelp.com to download the guide. Again, that's PrestigeCanHelp.com. listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a fabulous video Uh on the 15th and 30th of every month where we talk about the markets and how that affects mostly our clients' money, but uh, you don't have to be a client to be added to that list. So if you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. A little box will pop up, and you can put your info in there, and that's the only thing. We're, we're investing heavily in our production quality <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. 
Yeah, we've added not... a subscribe button and an intro logo. And the disclosure is it gonna is the is the production that we're um, including gonna make me look better? Yeah, I don't think so because now we have a better camera, like a four whatever it's called camera, and that's gonna really make me look worse. Okay, I talked about this last time. This is under the title "Capitalism versus Communism." A decade ago, most many investors uh, were were definitely enamored with China as an investment opportunity. They were looking past their communist system of government uh, and all the evils and restrictions of personal freedom that came along with it. Growth was all that mattered, it was said, and the lo- largest population of the world, China, was a market you needed to be invested in. Fast forward to today. And the narrative has certainly changed. <laughs> Chinese stocks, uh, as measured by the FXI ETF, have declined 23% over the last decade. So in, tw- in, tw- in 10 years, that's, that stock market is down 23%. Uh, well, obviously, the SPY uh, ETF has more than tripled. And the gap between technology stocks, which you would think would be actually closer, is actually more uh, the, uh, if you look at the two countries' tech stocks, U.S. tech stocks is measured by the XLK, uh, is up over six times or 600%, while the Chinese tech stocks, CQQQ, are down 11% over that decade. So, um, you know, all of you that are talking about wanting a dictator uh, in the White House, go live in China for a while or, or go to Cuba or, you know, go to these places where they do have a dictator and see how that goes for you. If you're successful, they'll just take your business and throw you in jail. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you, you know, the idea that I'm like, what happened to my sweet country that, you know, it, we had all this greatest generation fight these dictators. Uh, now we have these yahoos calling for dictators, which I'm not sure what happened to this sweet country of ours here, but hopefully, uh, Hopefully, cooler, smarter heads will persist. We'll see. I know that the crazies have very are very vocal, and I blame it on Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Josh sent me an awesome chart. Um, it 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 it's a, the title of it is it's not a new crisis. It's, it's the same crisis, but it keeps getting bigger. And what it's showing is um, what the central bank, so our central bank, the Federal Reserve, and uh, the Treasury have been doing with their money over the last. Uh, since 2002, um, and it's in crazy. So, you know, the Fed's balance sheet, so it essentially be nothing, and the Treasury shouldn't be expanding their balance sheet either, buying securities. Uh, but when you look at the Fed's balance sheet, um, you know, g- going back to 2002, it was less than a, a trillion dollars, and now uh, it's approaching, uh, you know, it's just under $9, $9 trillion. It's, well, it's go- gone down. And the highlight of that is, Remember back in 2022, in March of 2022, the Federal Reserve was still buying mortgage-backed securities, and they still own over $3 trillion worth. And it's just astonishing when you think about like the impact of that relative to everything else, just because all of those people out there, myself included, that are going to enjoy these ultra-low, artificially low mortgage rates for decades, conceivably, just uh, if they keep in their, stay in their house – the indirect tax that is on people that don't weren't actually on the ladder at the time over time it's it's really dramatic yeah and, and this is <laughs> this is a, another example of like you know there's consequences to behaviors in markets like but that, if that any, alone was like the biggest juice that they could have ever given because you set you set these consumers up almost in perpetuity by giving by handing them handing them that rate but, for the duration of their of their own you know ownership experience of a home the idea that there's you know free lunch in the investment world is is a fallacy like there is no free lunch there's a consequence to all these things it, you know this this behavior by the central bank and the federal reserve uh, was like trying to treat a heroin addict with cocaine it just you know it just didn't work and and the the federal reserve and you know our central bank and our treasury was never supposed to be this active in the capital markets. We haven't had the amount of emergencies you would have think we would have had uh, over the last 20 years uh, b- based on what the Fed was doing. But, you know, like Josh said, in 2022, when asset prices were ripping higher, they were still in an emergency monetary stance. It was just the stupidest thing. Like, what were the central bankers thinking? And why is there any confusion about why there was, there was so much inflation in the system? It was, and so, you know, everybody wants to talk about it was Donald Trump's fault or it was Joe Biden's fault. It's the central bank, people. The central bank 
all of this inflation and all of these things that you're complaining about and pointing to this president or that, it's the central bank. It's not the president. The president has no it has no say over the direction of interest rates. All right, let's talk about or let's take some email questions. Um, Josh, what do you think about this? This is a good one. Uh, Gary does, Gary doesn't say where he's from, but he says, uh, I've heard the rule of thumb that you take a hundred, subtract your age, and that's the amount of money you should have in bonds. For example, I'm 58 years old, so, so should I have 58% of my investment account in bonds? What do you guys think? Well, so the genesis of that rule of thumb was from Jack Bogle, right? And, yeah, the, yeah, the founder of Vanguard. And, you know, I think... <laughs> when interest well, rates yeah, were normal. The reality of, like, <laughs> when that rule was coined, it was a very different environment, and it had been for known history, really. So, But it's all situationally specific, and, you know, just... By virtue of experience, like a lot of our clients that are octogenarians or, you know, even approaching a hundred, many of them could never even conceivably touch their principal or nest egg and uh, live off of a very small percentage of what they actually own uh, or have invested with us. And their intention is not to live off their own portfolio or even preserve it. It's actually to invest it for their ultimate beneficiaries or even their beneficiaries' beneficiaries. And so that rule to me is way too simplistic. And I've heard it quoted to me a couple times lately from people that were uh, ultimately going to be the beneficiaries of our current clients. And the only reason that they thought the rule was applicable is because they want certainty around the number that they're ultimately going to inherit. And they had absolutely no appreciation for what their parents had done to accrue the balances that they had. So I look at it and it means nothing to me. It's an invalid rule that's now moot uh, based on, you know, the market and interest rates and also, but I just think there's not a lot of validity relative to individual investors either because everyone's purpose is very different. Yeah. So, I mean, I, well, you know, uh, let's back up and say that Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, who came up with this sort of rule of thumb, uh, has done more for the individual investor than anybody in the history of investing. So it, when he talked about it, remember, interest rates in the bond market were substantially higher. So, you know, you could get 6% with relatively safe bonds in your bond portfolio. And so, uh, you know, and, and he was talking to do-it-yourselfers. And so the one thing Jack Bogle understand was that the success for most people in investing has to do with their behavior, not picking great investments, meaning staying invested in the market through market cycles, through bear markets. And so he knows, just like we know, uh, that most investors panic when, when we're in a bear market. And so in order to alleviate that, his thought was, well, if you, I can tell people this rule and that will help reduce their volatility in their portfolio, their chances of staying invested in the market are greater. And like, you know, Josh, that, you know, the, the, it's harder to talk about the rule today because interest rates are lower. Um, but we think about all of everybody's situation very differently. And so when he was talking about th this rule, uh, there wasn't a big distinction between the returns in the bond market, really, and the stock market. I mean, there was, there's been periods, long, long periods, when, when bonds have outperformed stocks in this country's history. And so, you know, he was talking about it armed with that knowledge. And so I think, you know, there, there's probably some validity to the rule because for a lot of the do-it-yourselfers, their alternative is not to invest at all. So, you know, Gary, if you are already an investor and understand stocks and the long-term prospects for stocks, then the rule probably doesn't apply to you. But for these sort of people that don't know where to even start from an asset allocation, how much they should have in bonds versus stocks, I think there is some validity to the rule because Josh and I still meet people that, you know, come to our office that are your age, Gary, and have never invested in the stock market. And truthfully, they make us nervous because if you've never experienced a stock market decline, um, they can be very scary. You know, if you have a million bucks and your account goes down 10%, which is normal, it goes down 10% every year, the stock market, that's a hundred grand for a lot of people that can be uh, very traumatic. All right. Thanks for that question, Gary. If you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117, or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we we'll talk about rules-based investing and why it's so darn important. Stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
It goes by many names. Your place of refuge, your castle, your shelter from the storm. But most of us just call our house home, as in, I'm hungry, I'm going home. There's a community in Bend that offers the best of resort living. They are modern apartment homes with highly desirable amenities at Stonebriar. You want a cook's kitchen, spacious baths, and full-size washers and dryers? You'll find that at Stonebriar. It sounds like the kind of place we'd love to come home to. Stonebriar Apartments are showing now, and the extras are fantastic. Two clubhouses, fitness centers, computer labs with free internet, big screen TVs, sparkling heated pools, billiards, covered parking, and small pets are welcome. Ah, oh, it sounds wonderful. Take a tour and see it yourself, located on Highway 20 near 27. Come home to Stonebriar. Call 541-330-5020. That's 330-5020. Travel Plaza Food, fuel, and fun After a long day And you want to play Get your mind off of the road Have a great meal Try our slot machines Life's good on the plateau Quick stop Anytime Gets you everything under the sun Life's good On the plateau Food, fuel, and fun Experience a trifecta of delight at Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. And now, breakfast bingo at our three TP's restaurant on select Wednesdays. Fill up with budget-friendly fuel, shop for local treasures and travel essentials, and elevate your excitement with 40 thrilling slot machines in our game room. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. And now, breakfast bingo. It's all here at Plateau Travel Plaza. Life's good on the Plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. OsteoStrong in Bend is celebrating over five years helping people improve their bone health. I'm Leslie James, and I've been a member since day one, building bone, gaining strength, and improving balance. Reversing osteoporosis is an amazing accomplishment that I could not have achieved without OsteoStrong. And they have so many success stories that they are expanding their wellness center to help even more people. We are so lucky to have the OsteoStrong team in Bend. Find out for yourself how OsteoStrong of Bend can help you. Mention this ad and get a free first visit. If it leaks, clogs, strips, or bursts, Call Severson Plumbing first. <laughs> Stepping into cold water is the worst. Jump into your morning shower and have hot water to start your day. Relax and rise and be on your way. Need to upgrade your water heater? Severson Plumbing has you covered. Voted best plumber in Central Oregon two years running. Find us at SeversonPlumbers.com. If it leaks, clogs, strips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. I am part of said team, Tyler Simonis, and that guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. The one and only ladies, Josh Finelli. We're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. I guess men, too. Uh, Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in Bend. And if, uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, uh, you can go to our website. That's uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Just send us an email. Say, add me to your e-newsletter list, and we'll get you on that list. You just uh, you in the, on the 15th and 30th every month, we'll get a short five- or six-minute video. Uh, from us talk or Josh and I are talking about what's going on in the capital markets and most importantly for our clients, how it affects their portfolios. This comes from Bloomberg again in, in the year, August, 2000 fortune magazine published 10 stocks to last the next decade uh, by December of 2012. So 12 years later, a portfolio containing those 10 stocks had lost 75% of its value. <laughs> and this is Fortune, right? There's some sharp cookies that work at Fortune. Again, another reason that if the so-called experts can't be picking winners, why do you think you are going to be so good at it either? So, it, it, you know, it, it's really, really hard. It doesn't seem like it should be hard, but it is really, really hard to pick stocks successfully. Most stocks have 
awful track records over time. Uh, and then, so this sort of reiterates that um, all economists agree that predicting a stock's price is tough, but only 59% of Americans agree with that statement. So, you know, most of you out there think that uh, picking winning stocks and, and knowing what the direction of the market is relatively easy to see. Uh, we know that that's not true. Josh and I know uh, doing what we do that, that, that it's not true. And, um, you know, we had uh, in the middle of June toward the ends of June when the market was down, uh, the S&P was down 20 and the NASDAQ was down almost 30% on a year to date basis. Worst start to the year in a long, long time. We had a lot of people saying to us that the market was going to go down another 20% by the end of summer. Here we are close to the end of summer and markets have rallied significantly. And our phones are dead. Yeah, and, and those people that the thought that the end of the world was imminent, guess what? They're gone. And, I, you know, it's so hard for us to not call them and say, well, what happened now that stocks are up? Shouldn't we go to cash? Like, this is when we should go to cash, right? And, you know, it's like, why weren't you calling us last December when the market wasn't at an all-time high and saying, you know, I think markets are going to go down? No, you waited for markets to go down 20%, and then you called. And so don't be one of those people. You cannot time markets. It's time in the markets rather than trying to time the markets, which is how you'll be successful. But you should none of you should be out there picking individual stocks. Uh, if you do it over time, the S&P is going to trounce you. And I know you can say, I'm going to buy Amazon, I'm going to buy Apple, I'm going to buy Google. Those are all unbelievably great businesses. They've created wealth like almost nothing ever has. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're going to beat the S&P 500 over the rest of your investing lifetime. Statistically, the chances of that happening are close to zero. Okay, let's talk about taxable investment accounts. So, you know, this is one of those things that Josh and I take for granted, uh, knowing that these things exist. Uh, but when we talk to them, uh, when we talk about them with uh, prospective clients or clients and, and, and adding money to them or opening them and, and funding them, um, it's as if we're splitting the atom. So, Josh, first, just explain. I know it sounds basic, but explain uh, to everybody what a taxable investment account is. And then we can talk about why we think they're so great. Taxable investment account is just like it sounds. It's just essentially a bank account for stocks. And most people out there listening, you may already have one. And you probably call it or reference it as your brokerage account. And uh, that's just... A place that you know it's not you're not getting tax deferred growth like you would in an IRA, and you're not being you're not able to uh, reduce your taxable income via uh, contributions. It's just a place where you are parking money, and you can own the exact same investments in a taxable account uh, that you buy in your retirement accounts. Yeah, so I mean the advantage is so so the wealthiest people in the world. Uh, this is where most of their money is. So they either have it in the trust, but if you think about, you know, Jeff Bezos or or, or uh, Bill Gates or all these kids, they own most of their shares in the company in a taxable form. It's not in a tax deferred form because there are no contribution limits. You can put a hundred billion dollars in a taxable account, uh, which it, is its greatest advantage. Is the extreme flexibility that you're offered, and uh, it's. You know, that money is liquid in two days if you're buying something that settles on the New York Stock Exchange. So, so it's the other reason, you know, every, they, Bernie Sanders of the world talk about, Elizabeth Warren talk about why the wealthy pay the lowest, such low tax rates. You know, they say, well, you know, these guys are paying 15 or 20 percent taxes when their secretary is paying 25 percent. And it's because the, this is how most of these people get their – where they get their money. And the the tax the taxation of these accounts is at a much more Which I think rate is a, than I, ordinary income. I think is a great segue to one of the other primary advantages of this type of account is it offers near tax free compounding if you plan carefully. So, you know, if you're like us and you're using exchange traded funds that don't pay capital gains each year, uh, you're essentially going to have very minimal tax liability associated with this account, provided you're not realizing actively realizing big gains. So, of course, I max out my retirement uh, contributions every year uh, dutifully, but, you know, I can save more. Thankfully, I'm thankful enough that I, I can save more above that. And so I save way more in this kind of account. It's a joint account for my wife and I than I do anywhere else. And like Josh said, you have 
full liquidity. I have access to this money at any time. In fact, I have a checkbook on my uh, taxable investment account. I, I don't have to wait till I'm 59 and a half. If a business opportunity comes up, I can use it for that. Uh, and again, remember, I'm paying capital gains rate taxes, which is a lower tax rate than my income tax rate. And I'm just paying it on the gain, not the total amount, like when you take money out of your IRA. So there's a ton of flexibility that go along in owning a taxable investment account. And then most importantly, and this is the big one, um, when, because we've been doing this so long, when you get to retirement, and let's say you have a, a client with a $2 million IRA and you have a client with a $2 million taxable account. The person with a $2 million taxable account is in much better shape because their tax liability to get at their money is so much less than the person taking money out of the IRA. So if you take money out of a traditional IRA, you're paying ordinary income tax on the whole amount. So if you take out 10000 bucks and you live in the state of Oregon, uh, most likely you're going to net about seventy five hundred after taxes, seven or seventy five hundred. If you take the ten same ten thousand dollars out of a uh, taxable account, you can do some tax planning that your tax liability might be negligible at best. The reason we're such big proponents is because you're able to control where your marginal dollar, that next dollar, comes from. And so when you have those big one time expenses. Uh, you don't need to be rating your IRA above your required minimum distribution to access that money. So it lowers your overall cost of capital, gives you that big amount of flexibility. And we see the psychological impact of a higher net after-tax distribution and then that it leads to people actually wanting to spend their own money. We see this unnatural aversion to spending from a qualified account uh, because of the tax liability associated with distributions. The financial services industry, financial advisors, CPAs, want everybody to put as much money and have all their money in tax-deferred accounts. Uh, we're, we're just not as bigger proponents of that because when you get to retirement, like Josh said, the accessibility of these taxable investment accounts is so much better and you can control the taxes. So as long as you invest in tax-efficient investments, which is what you should be doing uh, in these kind of accounts, uh, you should be aggressively saving in a taxable investment account. All right, if you want to be part of the program, you have a question or comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 